We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to talk once more about the local nature of government, local races in the upcoming November midterm elections. In many ways, city council, county commissioner, these local elections have a lot more to do with your individual freedoms and liberty and what kind of community you will live in than a federal election or a state election. Local control matters. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. I haven't done this for a while, so bear with me. I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping. If you've heard this before, then don't tune out. (laughs) Stay, Stay on board. We'll get to the program here in a couple minutes. But for new listeners, you probably haven't heard me say this much, if at all. And that's some of the details behind The Rebellion. As you know, this show airs in two different formats. One, it airs live Monday through Friday at KOKL Radio down in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. I'm very grateful to Brooks Brewer and the crew down there for hosting this program. Thank you, Brooks. Thank you, KOKL Radio. And then, after it airs on the radio station, I upload this as a podcast, and you can find it on DrEverettPiper.com. That's my webpage, DrEverettPiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. On that website, you can see my books. You can schedule me to speak at your church or your political venue or uh, whatever other conference or colloquium you might be interested in having me come and present some of these ideas. I'm grateful for those opportunities, and you can reach out to me via that website and ask for me to consider speaking at your particular church, conference, political venue, um, anything like that that you think might be a good fit for some of the ideas that I bring to the table. I welcome those opportunities. Likewise, you can find my books on my website. Uh, The national bestseller is Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, where I tackle the cancel culture, trigger warnings, all of this crying and complaining and begging and pleading for safe spaces. It's the antithesis of what good education should be. And ironically, it's the conservative Christian who's arguing for that type of educational environment rather than the progressives who want to shut down anything that they disagree with. Don't let them embarrass you. Don't let them intimidate you into silence by suggesting that you're the one who wants to burn books. You're the one who wants to ban ideas. No, you want to debate these things. I'll debate anybody on some of these debauched books. I'll debate anybody if they'd like to talk about whether or not it's appropriate for 14-year-olds to be reading about incestuous rape in uh, Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. I'd like to debate anybody as to whether or not they think the graphic novel Gender Queer by Mia Kababi is appropriate for your local public library in your local public schools. When I take the position in that debate or on this show or in a written article or in my critique of public education, when I take the position that these books are not appropriate 
for 11, 12, 13, 14 year old children in our local schools because it's teaching them stuff that's going to corrupt their mind, corrupt their body, and basically sell their soul. I don't think these ideas are healthy, and I'd like to discuss them openly. I'd like to read quotes from these books. I'd like to show pictures from these graphic novels. I'd like to put them on the screen in the school board meetings, in city council meetings. I'm open to that. I'd love to do that. In fact, I was once debating a teacher here in Oklahoma who was challenging me and saying I was uh, promoting the the burning of books, like the Third Reich of Nazi Germany. And I said, hey, if you want to debate this book, and this was Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, if you want to debate this book, then you post the quote, the full-page graphic salacious description of a father raping his daughter. You post that right here on this Facebook exchange. Let everybody see what this book says. I'm open to it. You post it. You post it out there so all of the world can see what it is that you're defending. And oh, by the way, when you do so, I'd like to make sure that your school superintendent and your school principal and all of the parents that can come to your school's board meeting, I'd like to make sure they see it. And maybe you want to make sure the local police and the FBI see it too, because essentially it's promoting child porn. The guy wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He went away. He disappeared. The point is, I'm the one who wants to promote the debate. I'm the one who wants to expose what these books actually say. They, the left, want to intimidate you and turn the tables and make it look like you're the book burner, when in reality, all you want to do is expose what the book really says and then call upon the public to do their job and make sure that children are not groomed by these adults who are hell-bent on disregarding and basically ignoring the principle of childhood innocence. They don't care anymore. Uh, a child's innocence is not important to them. You know, An eight-year-old who wants to pretend that he's a boy when he's a girl or a girl when he's a boy, uh, who wants to start hormone therapy, who wants to completely butcher his genetics, his DNA, his biology, his physiology, they believe that the innocence of a child should be sacrificed on this altar of sexual nihilism. I want to talk about it. I want to debate it. I don't want to ban the book. I don't want to burn the book. Make, making it clear I don't want my child to read the book is not akin to burning it. And I'd like to make sure that everybody in the world sees what the book says or sees the pictures that the book includes. All right, I digress there. So anyway, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter... My handle is Dr. Everett Piper, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. If you'd like to go to my website, I've already mentioned that to you. That's DrEverettPiper.com, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. Get my books, follow my articles in the Washington Times, listen to your favorite episodes of The Rebellion, and if you want me to come and speak at your particular church or conference or whatnot, give me a ring and we'll see if we can work it out. Let's take a break, and when I get back, I want to talk specifically about local government again. And I'm going to use a race here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, not my own race in Osage County, Oklahoma, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is in a different county, a race for city council and why it matters, and why the establishment, the Republican establishment, is dead wrong on this one. And it matters because this city council position will dramatically change the way this small little community, a conservative community of around 40,000 people 
It will change everything in terms of what we hold dear and how we can even behave in our local public parks. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, The Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group, proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So I said I want to talk about local government again. Now a little bit of review. I've told you before on this show that I discovered in my run for county commissioner here in Osage County District 1 something that I didn't know before, and that was one of George Washington's favorite Bible verses. A Bible verse that he quoted over 50 times in correspondence to his fellow founding fathers. So bottom line, when George Washington was communicating with Thomas Paine, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Thomas Jefferson, and other founding fathers, Benjamin Ross, Fisher Ames, etc., when George Washington was communicating with these guys, he often cited a Bible verse. In fact, we can document over 50 times in this correspondence where he cited Micah 4.4. The Old Testament prophet, Micah, chapter 4, verse 4. And what does that verse say? You know where I'm going with this if you listen to the show. Here it's a very simple verse. A somewhat obscure and strange verse in some ways, or at least I used to think it was. It's not one of those verses I had on my refrigerator. But here's Micah 4, 4. Every man shall sit under his own vine and his own fig tree and shall not be afraid. One more time. Micah 4, 4. Go look it up. Every man shall sit under his own vine and his own fig tree and shall not be afraid. And as I've told you before on this show, it's very clear, now that I've read this and understand the context of what George Washington was doing, why he was attracted to this verse. Every man will have his own vine, his own fig tree. To paraphrase it, here's the Piper paraphrase for Osage County, ranch country. Every man shall sit at his own ranch gate, in his own field, on his own horse, in his own home, and shall not be afraid. In other words, it's your ranch, it's your driveway, it's your home, it's your church, it's your community, it's your city, it's your village. Every man, every woman shall have their own property, their own house. Property rights, individual rights are very important because when it's yours, you won't be afraid of the despot, of the king, 
of the tyrant. He or she can't come in and take away things that don't belong to them. They belong to you. And as long as you have a system, a government, a community of people that understand this principle of private property and private rights, you don't need to be afraid of others. That's what George Washington was telling his fellow founding fathers as he com- continued over and over again to, to cite that verse. That was one of the principles that he felt was very important to the founding of this nation. It was, it was a cornerstone to a free society, a constitutional republic. And it's on that cornerstone, that foundation, it's upon that premise, that principle, that our culture is built. And it all goes back to local control. If it's your local community, your community, your church, your school, your family, your kids, if it's yours, you put the label on it, Bartlesville's, Pahuska's, Barnsdall's, Scheidler. These are towns that are around me, but if you're in Oregon or Ohio and you're listening right now, you put a different name on yours. The bottom line is it's your school board, it's your city council, it's your government. And as I've said before on this show, in the United States of America, who's the king? Who is the government? You are. When these progressive evangelicals and others say, hey, Romans 13 says that you need to obey the government. So why are you Christians defying the government? It's because they don't understand the definition of the government in the United States of America. When these progressive evangelicals or otherwise start saying that Romans 13, your Bible says, our Bible says that you've got to bow to the king. You've got to obey what the government says to do. Okay, define the government. In the United States of America, the government is you. It's the people. We the people. It's not the president. It's not the Congress. It's not the House of Representatives. It's not your local mayor. It's not your city council. It's we the people. The entire system of government in the United States assumes that the people are the government, not the king. Not the elites, not the oligarchs. It's the people, the local citizens. You decide. Now, once you decide and you codify things into law, then the people have agreed that this is the direction you want to go. And then it's the job of your elected magistrates to enforce those laws, those ordinances that are on the books. For example, here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, as I've said in a previous show or two, We recently had a drag queen party in a local public park where adult males were dressing up in knee-high leather boots, fishnet stockings, sequenced capes and leotards. They were dancing and strutting and prancing and preening, cavorting in front of minors. In some cases, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. And these men were actually teaching, grooming these minors on how to engage in this striptease play, if you will. And I'll be mocked for saying it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Bring the mockery on. I don't care. What do you think these guys are doing when they mimic what would take place in an adult, quote-unquote, club somewhere? In their motions, and their walks, and their strut, and their prancing and preening. Obviously, that's what they're doing. That's why people... That's why people are laughing at it and clapping because the people that actually think this is appropriate know that you're bringing that performance out into the public. 
That's why you're giving dollar bills to these, to these men as they perform. That's what they're teaching these miners to do. We've got pictures of it in a public park in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Now, as I've said on a previous show, we have laws, ordinances here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that say lewd and lascivious, purient behavior is inappropriate in public and that it should be stopped because it's an insult to the decency of Bartlesville, Oklahoma. That comes straight from our ordinances, from our laws. So my question is, why in the world isn't our elected um, city council doing anything about it? Why aren't they enforcing the laws? Why aren't they stepping forward and saying, this is wrong, it's a violation of community standards. If you want to do this stuff, keep it private. Get it behind the walls, not out in the public. If you get your jollies out of dressing up like a woman and prancing around like this, and if people actually want to pay for you to do it, then do it in private, not in public. Our city ordinances require that. There are other people that use our public parks that don't enjoy this and don't want their kids exposed to it. Uh, We'd like our community to be such that children are safe riding their bicycle through the local public park without fear of being groomed by an adult man who's dressed like this and trying to teach that kid how to put dollar bills in his bra strap or g-string or waistband rather than just let the kid throw rocks in the pond and watch the ducks. I mean, this is common sense, and I don't care whether you're a Christian or not listening to me. There was a day, yesterday, there was a time five seconds ago where most normal people would have considered this to be common sense and respect for local community standards. But right now in Bartlesville, they have a city council election coming up. And you have two candidates for the second ward of Bartlesville. Bartlesville City Ward number two. And those two candidates are Lauren Roselle, who supports all of this. And I'm not making that up. He, he has posted it on his own Facebook page, pictures of himself and his rainbow t-shirt at this party, this drag queen party, supporting it. He's posted uh, memes out there of the LGBTQIA triangle, the multicolored triangle, saying he supports it. Uh, he's, in, he's, he's out. He's completely out supporting all of this. And that's his business. If he wants to say that, then fine. But as you go to the polls on November 8th, I think you should remember that. What do you want? What do you want for the community? Do you want your local parks to have this kind of stuff in them? Or would you rather have that kind of stuff be relegated to the private sphere? Do you want your public sidewalks to be open to these types of men that are actually trying to groom young children into their sexual lifestyle, their fetishes, their fantasies? Or would you prefer your kids be able to ride their bike over to their friend's house without fear of being exposed to that kind of stuff or confronted by an adult who obviously wants to encourage your child to consider his adult way of living to be the norm? Would you like your child's innocence to be protected rather than stolen? I mean, these are good questions. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, you should be asking these questions. So Lauren Roselle believes this LGBTQIA drag queen party in the public park is a good thing. He has said so. Whereas his opponent, Chelsea Wagner, doesn't. Now, she's a homeschool mom, and she's being somewhat mocked and maligned right now for, for a variety of things. 
They're all, they're all inappropriate. But here's the thing. You have some of the Republican establishment endorsing Lauren Roselle. And there, here's another thing. Apparently, there's some sort of statement, some sort of rule that uh, city council members aren't supposed to say what party they're part of when they're running for election. It's supposed to be nonpartisan. Now, our local city attorney has said that in spite of that quote-unquote rule, that it's the constitutional right of anyone to say what political party they're part of, just as much as they can say that they support the drag queen performance in the public park. Lauren Roselle comes out and says that he supports this political agenda, LGBTQIA, but apparently Chelsea Wagner can't say that she's a Republican because she's being criticized right now for saying so in this campaign. Now stop and think about the irony here. The people that don't think we should be enforcing the laws that are on our books, the ordinances that we have in Bartlesville against lewd, lascivious, and prurient behavior, the people that don't think it's appropriate to enforce those laws, the people that are mocking me and Chelsea Wagner and others for, th- for simply saying, do your doggone job, enforce the laws that exist. The people that don't think those laws should be enforced are now criticizing Chelsea Wagner for violating the rules on nonpartisan political campaigns. She said she's a Republican. Shame on her. Terrible, terrible human being. Chelsea Wagner is laughable. That's what they're saying. This is so ironic. You can't make it up. It's, it's the nature of the beast, quite frankly, though, because so often the progressives point the finger of accusation outward while not realizing that they've got at least three fingers pointed back at themselves when they do this. They say, I can't tolerate your intolerance by demonstrating that they're probably the most intolerant one in the debate. They say, I hate those hateful people, not realizing that they just admitted that they are hateful. They say, I know that nothing can be known. Really? Isn't that a self-refuting claim? It's true that nothing is true. Well, you just stated an objective truth while you claim that there is no such thing as objective truth. Again, it's the self-refuting nature of the progressive mind. They can't make up their mind because they're duplicitous and hypocritical at every turn. And now they're saying, well, you, you need to enforce the law. Chelsea Wagner said she's a Republican. This is supposed to be nonpartisan. Shame on her. And then when you point out that, well, if you want to be law-abiding citizens, then you might want to enforce the decency ordinances that have been on the books for decades here in Bartlesville, which specifically address lewd behavior in public places. And if we can't agree that men performing in a sexual fashion in front of minors is lewd, then we've lost our ever-loving minds and we've lost our souls as a culture and as a community. Surely we can agree that this kind of thing should take place in private. If at all, do it in private, but don't bring it out into the public sphere. All right, so with that all said, you'd think that a conservative community like Bartlesville, Oklahoma, would rally around this cause, wouldn't you? Well, not the establishment Republican base. Now, keep in mind, we don't know for sure what Lauren Roselle is because he's sticking to the rules. He's not declaring his political affiliation in this city council race. So is he, is he a Republican or is he a Democrat? Well, frankly, I'd like to know. I don't know why this is supposedly nonpartisan in the first place because if you're going to elect people to serve on your city council to 
guide the direction of your city, your community, to enforce its laws or not enforce its laws, to establish what the priorities will be or won't be for your small little town in Heartland America. Don't you think it'd be a good idea to know what the basic worldview of those people is that you're considering when you go to the ballot, when you go to the polls on November 8th? I'd like to know because there's a clear distinction between the progressive left and the conservative right today. There's a clear distinction between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party in terms of what kind of community we're going to live in, what kind of rights and privileges and freedoms we're going to have, what kind of standards, what kind of education. Uh, What are we going to do in the next pandemic? Are we going to shut the whole place down and have a little dictator, a little Napoleon, telling us how to live our lives, whether we can go to church, whether we can go to a restaurant, whether or not we can even go to the grocery store? What kind of paper do we have to wear across our face and pretend it's protecting us from this virus? And are we going to be forced to take an experimental drug into our body that hasn't been around long enough to be tested and thoroughly proven to be safe? I mean, these are basic questions. Aside from the whole lewd and lascivious behavior issue, it's a matter of personal rights and personal freedom. I'd like to know what party the city council members are part of. So I I have the right to know, quite frankly, according to to the city attorney of Bartlesville, who has said that Mrs. Wagner has the right, the constitutional right, the constitutional freedom to say what political party she's affiliated with. Why is Lauren Roselle afraid to say so? And why are establishment Republicans supporting him over over Chelsea Wagner, a good homeschool mom who's made it clear what she believes and why? Why are establishment Republicans, supposed conservatives, supporting this guy who's waving his LGBTQIA triangle banner on Facebook, who believes that it's appropriate to be grooming Young children with adult performances in our local public parks. Why is the establishment, the establishment GOP, supporting this guy? Well, it's not unusual in many communities. This, is, this isn't unique to Bartlesville. I, I'm not sure I can answer because I can't read people's minds. And I know many of the quote-unquote establishment. Keep in mind, I used to be the president of the university in this town. And as such, I did my job as a community servant. I was chairman of the Chamber of Commerce. My wife and I were the honorary chairpersons of the annual Symphony Ball at the Country Club. I like these people. They're friends. But I disagree with them when they start supporting this type of grooming of our children. When they turn a blind eye to this type of thing in the public debate, in the public square, when they start supporting our schools uh, blindly, out of blind loyalty, rather than recognizing we've got a problem. And the problem starts in our educational system. If we can't get education right, we're going to continue to have these problems in our public square, in our public parks, in our community, because we're creating the mess. Bad ideas, bad culture, bad kids, bad community bad city councils. Good ideas, you get the opposite. And our local Republican establishment, I would argue, has sold out to political expediency. Get along, go along, just don't rock the boat. Because our culture is changing, you know? 
And we've got to be tolerant. Tolerant of what? Tolerant of indecency? Lewdness? Lascivious behavior? Adult performances in public parks? We're going to be tolerant of that? While the folks that we're showing tolerance to turn around and mock and malign a local homeschool mom who is simply raising her hand and saying, I disagree with this. I don't want this to be part of the community, the public space for my children. And I'm willing to serve on the city council to represent those values. The local Republican establishment is going to support the other guy rather than her? There's something wrong with this picture. And it's time that true conservatives, Heartland America conservatives, wake up and recognize that we've got an enemy in the camp. And the enemy may be us. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.